Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, I am very excited to share with you some thinking that I've been doing with regard to how people grow within an entrepreneurial organization as compared to how people grow their growth path in a hierarchical or more corporate structure. Now, I've heard this conversation from several sides. I've heard it from employers, so entrepreneurs who are looking to hire people who are talented and energetic and what we like to call batteries included, but whose expectations of how fast they grow and where they grow seem to be a little out of alignment with reality. In other words, they'll say, well, I'd like to join your sales team and be in sales role, and we ask what their future goals are, and they're like, well, I'd like to be a manager within about a year. At least in our company, if someone says that, then it's kind of like, well, the person who's been in that role right now has been, I think, on year 13, and he's not going anywhere. So that probably isn't going to happen. Is that going to be a deal breaker? And so these are the kind of conversations we have to have. That's a real issue. And yet we have also have this incredible number of people in our company, more than 50% who've been with us more than 10 years, I believe, who have figured out how to grow. So I was thinking about this issue, and I also hear about it from team members who are like, okay, how can I grow? How can I progress within the company? So this is something that everyone needs to know in my role right at the moment is to take something that everyone has questions about and that's sort of underneath and not really talked about and make it obvious, as Dan Sullivan would say. So the real point here is how do people grow within the two different types of organizations? Well, if you're in a corporate structure and you're put on the fast track, well, you'll start in a role and then you might be promoted three or six months later, you'll be moved into another capability or capacity and then they see how you do there. And you could be on a path where every six months, you move to a new position, master that, move to the next one, master that. And after usually not too long, could be even as short as 18 months, you're given the title of manager, and then your first level, second level, third level. And it's very clearly outlined. It's very clearly structured. And you know the hoops that you have to jump through in order to be a success, which is kind of great in some ways, because then you know, when you can choose whether or not that's something you want to do, the expectations are so clear. You're not guessing. (laughs) which is kind of a relief sometimes. Now, the challenge with that is these are the hoops you need to jump through. This is the hole that you need to conform to. This is the one you need to fit into to be successful. So if your shape doesn't quite conform with what they were thinking, you may not get very far. It may not fit. You may see some other needs or opportunities and they're like, "Mm, that's nice, but we don't really care. We want you to do this. So the opportunity for individuality or for unique contributions is often quite limited. You need to be able to produce accurate, predictable results with your team in order to be able to grow. And if you can do that, great, then you can move. And if you focus on other things instead, not that those are bad, by the way, but if there are other opportunities that you see, that's just usually not taken into account. So there are some pluses and minuses. Now let's contrast that to an entrepreneurial organization. And here, You know, often you come in, we're like, oh, great, we've been looking for you, and here's a rough idea of your job description, and let's just just go to work. Here, here's your job. (laughs) And it kind of is like, do this, do that, and and you're like, okay, has anyone ever done this before? Is there a more full job description? How do I do this particular task? And it's a lot of sink or swim. That was certainly the case when I joined Strategic Coach in 1995. I was basically handed a list of people to call and said, here, see if you can get them into the program or into a presentation. And I didn't know what I didn't know, which in retrospect was a total blessing because <laughs> I was just so ignorant about it. Anyway, turns out I did swim because I closed three sales in the first three weeks, which the person who hired me was ecstatic about. But I 
didn't know I could or couldn't do it. And so I just did my best. But was there a growth path? Mm, No. I was hired to do that role. No talk of the future. I didn't actually ask for one. I just knew that I was really attracted to strategic coach. But ever since then, it's been a constant sense of expanding value creation. And that's true in every entrepreneurial company that I know. Most entrepreneurial companies are relatively flat. There might be one, two, three levels. And that is from entry level to the owner. You may get four for a company that's been around a long time, but not a lot. It's not a very hierarchical place. So how do you grow in an entrepreneurial company? What is the growth path? And that's really the question that I want to answer. This is after a ton of analysis, and I do do analysis, it's all experiential based, but the analysis that I've seen, and this is with all of the clients I coach in our team leader program, my experience with our own team and even my family members with whom I work, is that it all starts with you really getting to know what you're great at, this is what we call unique ability, and then expanding your value creation based on your unique ability. So let me say that again, it's expanding your value creation based on your unique ability. And if you're someone who is a team leader or entrepreneur hiring people, this is probably, if you look at it, what you've been looking for. You want to find someone who's really good and talented. They love doing this activity that you don't. And they bring new creativity and new ideas and new energy to situations. And it gets better as a result of them being involved. They will solve problems you didn't even know you had. (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of delightful. They will open up new opportunities that you didn't know were available. And it's kind of fun because having been the creator of the Strategic Coach team programs, this was something that I wanted to do and I came up with that Dan and Babs were never interested in doing at Coach. So this whole part of our business, which is quite successful, is something that they would not have done, but it was something I was passionate about. And their job was to give me the freedom to do that, which worked out really well for both of us. So it's kind of fun when new things are possible as a result of the capabilities that you have on the team. So the job then for an entrepreneurial organization is to find and to grow those capabilities and then just see what they'll do. It's a much more organic process. There are no timelines. There are no ladders to climb. However, there are ripples (laughs) to expand. So the model that I was drawing for myself in preparation for our conversation today is that central focus of unique ability. And the bigger it gets, it's a little bit like dropping a rock in a pond. The ripples go out from that. So the stronger someone is in their unique ability, which is what they love to do, what they're best at, what gives them energy, where they can always see room to get better, And that just expands in impact, in contribution, the longer they do it, and the more focused they are on creating that value. So the real task here, I think, for someone coming into a company or bringing someone into a company is to align expectations with reality. This is actually part of my unique ability statement, which is why I really like this conversation. It's so important that people are on the same page. So someone coming into an entrepreneurial organization has an incredible opportunity to make a massive difference. So I was telling my clients the other day, you're special. You are willing to step in and take on responsibility in a role that very few other people are willing to do. You're going to work with people that are unique and interesting and not always predictable. These are business owners. And you're going to help other team members get on board with that and get them aligned and working in the same direction. You're going to help people grow personally and professionally. It's going to be hands-on while you're doing it. The thing that's so fabulous about working in an entrepreneurial organization is just how much of a difference you really make. Often, really successful entrepreneurial companies have 10 to 20 people 
you're going to know everyone pretty well if that's the size of your company. Obviously, some are hundreds of thousands and some are three. But the whole point is here, every single person makes a really, really big difference. And that's both exciting and a little bit scary because you can't hide. You can't just conform to some job description and be expected to be patted on the back. They want to know, okay, what else can you do? (laughs) And that's how you'll be rewarded. If you're the team leader or entrepreneur, that is how you will reward people. You know, as far as you're concerned, if you hire someone to do a job and they're doing it well, that's what they're getting paid for. New money that you're willing to pay them is going to come from new value creation. If they're not doing anything different, that doesn't automatically warrant an increase for most people. So again, a whole different mindset here in an entrepreneurial organization versus a more hierarchical one. And again, mostly I would say corporate, but also definitely includes medical. Think of really any structured institution, including education. You know, you follow the path and then you get the rewards regardless of your unique ability. Entrepreneurial organizations are the complete and total opposite. It is based on your unique ability, which hopefully is a fit for the role that you've been hired and then expand it. So I want to give you a couple of examples from our own organization where this has happened. I'd like to start with a person who I, is one of the clearest to me and one of the most obvious, and that is my sister, Julia. Julia came in actually as my support person. So I hired her. She was coming back as a teacher from having been working overseas in New Mexico, grade three, grade four teacher, actually has a master's in education. And I know she had really long follow through. So Colby measures how people strive and the second instinct is following through. And on a scale of one to 10, I'm a two and she's an eight. And I knew I desperately needed someone to create order out of my chaos. And since I've been creating the chaos for a few years before I hired her, I thought it would take a while. Well, in I'd say four months, she had me organized and she was bored. (laughs) So I was like, oh dear, now what? You know, she just has that much mental energy for things that I don't end up talking to Babs, who is co-owner of Strategic Coach. And what became obvious is that Julia would be great working with the coaches. And Julia comes from a teaching background. So one of the questions she asked from her eight follow-through perspective is, well, how do our other coaches know what to coach? And it's like, well, they watch Dan Sullivan, and then they go and do it. That was the answer. And she goes, well, is anything written down? We were like, "Mm, no. And she's like, oh, well, could I write it down? Sure, that'd be great. So Julia started making basically curriculum lists of what the workshop was and the flow. So that now has turned into the timeline. She also made lists of what was in each workshop. So if someone couldn't make one, they could reschedule. So that's called the rescheduling list. Then she started organizing different information for the coaches to train them in advance and gave notes on exactly how to coach the concept and the context behind it. Then that became a thing. So, and by the way, all of these things that she created 20 years ago still exist. So it's kind of amazing just to see how those structures, now we can't figure out how we would live without them. And we could not scale without them. You know, we had a few coaches back then, but we have 15 now. And so those structures that she created, she actually ended up starting and being the head of the team leader for the coach resource team. Babs Astrin, she didn't really see herself as a team leader, she'd been a teacher. But someone needed to do it, and she was clearly the very best choice because she created the organizational structure around it. So that's one example in her whole career. Now, actually, she's created the whole system and process for discovering your unique ability. It's her process that we write about in Unique Ability 2.0, Discovery. And she now charges a good fee for people in the program to come and spend a day with her, having that one-on-one personal experience of discovering what your unique ability is. So that's what she's expanded her talent to be. 
She is doing what she loves to do and does best. It keeps getting better and better. Her clients pay her very well for it. She gets well compensated from coach for that. So that's a good example of someone who came in as a teacher, as my assistant, and has grown so much. Nicole, that you have probably heard me talk about before, is my phenomenal support partner. Not that she's outgrown me, thank goodness. However, she's also set her sights beyond me as well. So one of the things that Nicole loves to do with a passion is to provide support structures for other people in the company. So she loves organizing events for our clients. She also loves organizing events for our team, especially to help them learn and grow. So she's part of one of the teams that helps deepen everyone's knowledge of what we're doing. So she's facilitated a one-year planner conversation, a whole bunch of groups with her team. Also, one of my favorites is a quarterly discussion group on our quarterly books that Dan and the team writes every quarter. So that is one of her most favorite things to do. She helps organize the program advisor and coach plus conference every year. So anytime she has a chance to lend her capabilities to contribute to our company, she is a very, very happy camper. And she can do that and still manage me, for which I'm incredibly grateful. So the whole point here is opportunity comes from this expansion of unique ability, but it has to be focused on value creation. None of us just pay other people to do what they love to do. It has to be useful. So the useful part is how does it create value for someone else? So if someone is looking to expand their value creation or you desperately need to find a way to coach people to expand their value creation, I wanna tell you three questions that they need to ask, actually four. So the first question is where's the company going? Where's this team going? Where's this project going? They need to know what the end result is gonna look like or at least what your ideas about that are. Then the next question is, what are the dangers? What are the challenges? What are the obstacles that we're facing? What's interesting is a lot of times obstacles present themselves and I'm like, I have no idea what to do about this. And they go, oh, I do. <laughs> you're like, oh, good, please jump in. So encouraging people to really assess what are the challenges and issues. Then the flip side of that is, well, what are the opportunities? So that's DOS is the formula. So D is for dangers or obstacles or issues or challenges. O is for opportunities. What are people excited about? How can you help maximize those? How can you add your talents to make something bigger and better, faster, easier, cheaper? All of those things are other success criteria for entrepreneurial projects. And the last one is how can you reinforce people's strengths? So on the team or in the company, what are some strengths that again can be elevated? How can you help someone else do better at what they're doing? And I think of that for me, like I know there are certain activities which I'm really, really great at and some at which I'm absolutely horrid. So I think of one of the things that Nicole does with me all the time is she helps reinforce my strengths and frankly protect me from my weaknesses. She is very happy to do it because that's actually her unique ability. So those two things fit together extraordinarily well and I am getting stronger as a result of our teamwork and partnership. And so what I'm capable of doing gets that much bigger and then she has more fun, cool projects to organize. That's how I like to think about it. So really paying attention to the goals, the dangers, the opportunities and strengths is how to direct someone in terms of increased value creation. Have them be alert to those things. Alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful are characteristics of a really great team member. Now, a couple last things I want to say about this. One is that the big difference between an entrepreneurial company and a hierarchical one is an entrepreneurial company, people have to be self-directed. No one is actually going to lay out your path because they don't have your unique ability. They don't see things from your perspective. So it's much more organic, but it requires much more from that person. That person needs to be able to put their hand up and say, me, I want to do that. How can I help? <laughs> or here's how I can contribute. Or would this be useful? That's all language around people being self-directed. Versus in a more hierarchical structure, sometimes you're waiting to be told what to do. If you do it really well, then you get rewarded. 
And that's the structure. So again, much more self-direction on the entrepreneurial side, much more other-directed on the hierarchical side. Now, I just want to get back to the issue of growth. So why do people say, okay, I want to be in management after a year? Well, they want to be growing. And I totally respect that. I want people to be growing too. Otherwise, our company is not going to grow. That's how we look at it. And people want rewards and they want status and they want to know that they're doing really, really well. Well, the coaching I give to people, and this is something Catherine and Dan wrote about in The Laws of Lifetime Growth, is that if people want status, status is actually a byproduct. If people are going just for status, in my experience, it's a huge limiting factor. I think about this and I write about it a lot because I think that when people just want to get their title or the corner office or a certain amount on their paycheck, it means it's really about them. When people are focused on contributing, when they are focused to a higher level beyond themselves, so it's not just you, it's your team or it's your company, then that's about contribution. And in my experience, the people who are so focused on making a large contribution to their company are the ones who get rewarded the best. They're the ones that get the most. But their focus isn't on that. Their focus is on contributing. And I really kind of like that. So status for me is a byproduct of contribution. And coaching people on that, I think, is another useful part of this conversation. So my bottom line that I want to leave you with is that in entrepreneurial organizations, entrepreneurial team growth is all based on unique ability. So someone needs to be aware. They need to know thyself, as I like to say, about what they love to do, what they don't, what makes them happy, what doesn't, where they have creativity and energy and ideas and where they don't, and ideally put them as much as you can into that area and then expand it. It's not about them contorting themselves to be somebody they're not. It's about people using and expanding and being even more knowledgeable about themselves so they can make a much greater impact and a much bigger contribution for which they will be rewarded. So I hope this conversation has been helpful as you think about growing your own entrepreneurial organization. I know something that's it's always been an issue and I, my background is HR a little bit. So I'm, it's like, how do I describe it? And I think I finally landed on this expanding circular imagery as opposed to the hierarchical ladder. So that's what I want to leave you with. So I'd love to hear your questions, your thoughts, your comments. Please let us know at questions at strategiccoach.com. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach program for entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.